Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Vent. This is Fed Weekly, a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Let's get it cracking. Sabrina, Nuruddin, Vent Weekly. Today we're thinking about who we see in the media and who we don't. Specifically, we're looking at the underrepresentation of South Asian people in the British and American media. The first South Asian person I remember watching on British mainstream TV was probably Connie Hook from Blue Peter. I remember watching her and just thinking, I want to be exactly like her. I just remember her being such an iconic figure back in my childhood. I can't really think of anybody else that sticks out to me quite like she does. I think because she was just somebody who I could associate myself with and relate to. Today we've invited broadcaster and writer Mim Sheikh and vice researcher and podcaster Marid Majid to talk about South Asian representation in the media. Can you introduce yourselves? Yeah, my name is Mim Sheikh. I'm a broadcaster, I'm an actor, I'm a writer. Yeah, I do quite a vast array of things within the creative industries. My name is Marid Majid. It's weird being on this side of the podcast rather than behind. But yeah, I'm a podcast creator, TV and radio host, and I started a uh, little movement called South Asian Creatives trying to promote like South Asian creative, basically. <laughs> Amazing. So before we really get into it, I want to ask everyone when the last time they saw a South Asian person on TV. The last time I saw a South Asian person on TV was Sanjeev uh, Baskar. You might know him from Goodness Gracious Me, but he was in a TV advert. I forgot what the thing is that he was advertising, but I just saw his face. And I was like, yeah, wicked. For me personally, the last time I remember Mim posting something on Instagram about him being in a hospital TV show on BBC, was it like whole BC or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, casualty, 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 casualty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if we're talking about something specific, that is probably the last time I can recall. Look how you said that was on Instagram. Yeah. The question was TV, wasn't it? So I'm trying to remember where on TV. When you're watching TV, yeah. I saw someone like actually mm-hmm. on the television screen. I know we don't probably watch as much TV as probably we did back in the day, but if you was to ask that question with uh, what about somebody that you last saw who was South Asian on social media, True. we'd have different responses, right? True. Yeah, so we spoke about what we've seen in media now, but what about when you were growing up? Like, who did you actually look up to on TV when, when you were younger? So like, I remember, yeah, when, when I used to watch like a lot of programming when I was younger, I'm not even going to lie to you, yeah. I never, I don't know, there just wasn't anything that was, I found relatable that was for my demographic. I think anything that was made at that time during the 80s and the 90s, early 90s, I think was maybe for like an older demographic, a a demographic of maybe people who are in their 30s or 40s. My mum used to watch like a lot of Bollywood films. So I used to get my kind of Asian 
flavor of like programming through her. But in regards to like TV and stuff, yeah, man, I don't know. I just, I loved like Fresh Prince, My Wife and Kids, Will Smith. Yeah. How about you, Moeed? Yeah, no, I agree with Mim as well. I think when we're at that Asia growing up, we don't really have the whole understanding and perception of like seeing people like us on TV. We just watch what we watch. Like all those those shows you mentioned. Yeah. Even Stevens was one of my favorites as well. But Even I love that show. But again, like obviously now growing up, we look back and we see, oh wait, hold on. How many people like South Asians or how many brown people did we actually see on TV? I remember the first one vividly now because I've had time to think about it. And it was Connie Huck on Blue Peter, if you remember. Mm, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember her. And I, obviously at the time, I didn't like applaud it or like lord it like it's something special. It was just another host that was like a similar shade to us or to me. And um, obviously looking back now, you're like, okay, she was the only one. <laughs> Everyone else was white, innit? <laughs> yeah. So when I was growing up, I used to watch a lot of like Wizard of Waverly Place, um, Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. And I don't know if you remember in Sweet Life with Zach and Cody, there was that one Asian girl, which was London Tipton. Of course, London. Yeah. And she was like... The most bougie girl in the world. Yeah. She was like, to me, like the only Asian person on Disney Channel and I kind of felt like her like I kind of looked up to her like the first time I would have seen um, Asians on TV properly like say the Masood family from mm. EastEnders they enjoyed like a lot of successes with the British audience you got Apu from The Simpsons as well who had their store the worst oh, yeah. stereotype ever <laughs> but yeah you know what I'm saying but wait 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 wait. once you mention Apu yeah did you watch that um that documentary about the guy who, who went to go find out who voiced it, who yeah. actually played the, the the voice of Apu, He's a white brother, the voice He's of Apu, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 and he done this whole documentary into like the creation of it and why it was bad yeah. and how how could they ever do something like that because the one South Asian character that you have in like a hit like American cartoon like The Simpsons, you employ a person who is white to reenact the voice of an Indian supermarket. Yeah. Which is um, crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Which is mad, isn't it? It's literally... When I, w- I remember watching that doc like two years ago now yeah. and I was just like mind blown. And I think it literally has instilled like some stuff within me like when I'm working or when I want to create stuff yeah. or just, just to remember the importance of things like that because... That's crazy, bro. You already got a minority that's marginalised marginalized. and yet you, you don't have the ability to kind of go out and seek people from that actual community. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the character that he was playing was like, such a, like you said, Moe, such a stereotypical character. It ticked every box. He had nine kids. He was an illegal immigrant. He didn't have a US uh, citizenship. He owned a shop. He had an accent. Were there any like programs or characters that you've seen in your day with positive Asian characters? It's come to the point now where if I see someone on TV that's South Asian, it's pretty much a good thing to me. When I see someone doing a role on EastEnders, for example, and it is just a character that anyone could play, but they've chosen like a South Asian to do it, that's what I'm happy about. Yeah. They haven't chosen a South Asian to play a South Asian role. Yeah. That role could have been played by anyone, but because of the merit of this like person's acting ability or how good they are, they got selected. I think that when we can pass that barrier... And that's what kind of like prides me the most. I don't want to be selected because they're looking for a brown boy and I'm a brown boy. I want to be selected for this role because I'm good enough to excel in that role. Going back to actually choosing a show. Bruh, I'm not like my mind's gone blank, man. I can't think of a show right now. But see how hard it is to you even answering that it question. Be that like, it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't, shouldn't be, be hard, that yeah. hard for us. Not saying that you're doing anything wrong. You're being yourself authentically. But, but what I mean is that it's just like there should be so many 
that you should be able to be like, yeah, no, this one, that one. Like when you answer this question, I don't want to sound like narcissistic and like ego driven or anything. It's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. What Because they're, they're in, at the forefront of my mind, it's like stuff that I've been a part of that I understand is a duty to kind of portray South Asian people like authentically is like my documentary where I went to go and meet my dad for the very first time in 2018 on BBC wow. Three and I filmed the whole thing. And that for me was like televised content for young people to kind of see themselves and and my like purpose with it was not just oh yeah I'm brown I'm gonna represent yeah. it was like no I'm fatherless and I'm gonna represent because exactly. that affects way more people than it actually does the color of your skin. Sorry, I had to get that out. And what what was your feedback when you done that? Did you have people like messaging you like oh my god this really helped me I can really relate? Yeah, like so many people like loads and loads and loads. It was unbelievable. It's the most like reactive thing I've done in a sense from getting reactions from people, right? But what I noticed, it wasn't just Asian, Pakistani, Indian, Bangladeshi people. They were always there from the beginning. Yeah. It was people, this like Scottish guy messaged me a picture of him and his dad Aww. and said, look, I never I never knew my dad. I went to meet him because I went and saw your program. That is amazing. Yeah, this is like a, a just a, a white dude in Scotland. It's crazy. It's a universal problem. Man. And you've, you've kind of reached the hearts of people that actually go through the same issues. Uh, I can say I've been through it. Big ups me, man. Yeah, yeah massive. Big, Thank you, bro. Big ups, brother. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I think South Asians are kind of, they're an anomaly because they're a cultural category that is so well embedded in the fabric of the country socioeconomically that maybe they've always been overlooked as kind of a group of people that don't actually need much representation uh, because they've been able to create their own platforms. I'm not really sure why we don't see more South Asians on TV, but I do know that over the past couple of years, there's definitely been a rise of black and brown faces on TV, which has been incredible. I definitely think we're moving into the right direction. And I do think there's some incredible figures out there at the minute who are doing an amazing job of representing the community. So Mim and Moeed, what would you say the defining reason behind the lack of South Asian representation in media? I feel like there's a lot of South Asians nowadays, obviously with the massive growth of YouTube and social media and stuff that really are into that and have like big pages. However, they're either like not really confident about the ability to potentially like break into a kind of like middle class white like industry, number one. And number two, like it's also a cultural thing. Like my parents, my dad was born in Kashmir, he's come here now, my mum was born here. So my mum has come to terms with it, so has my dad. But again, my grandparents like still think I'm going back to university, to <laughs> Cambridge and like to study whatever. And obviously that's not the case. So I think 
the acceptance of like being in an industry like the media is starting to become more acceptable amongst minorities and South Asians. And I feel like I've managed to get myself to a position where, you know, I'm earning money yeah. and I'm doing what I enjoy. And I think that's what has allowed like my parents, and my grandparents to understand, you know, what he's doing is correct. Yeah. But I feel like that might be a barrier to someone who's not as like strong willed as me and Mim or like someone who may need a bit of support from the family that could potentially pull them away from pursuing that and maybe they end up going to university and doing dentistry or doing pharmacy when they actually had a really good like hairstyling YouTube exactly. channel that had 50k subscribers but they didn't actually pursue it because they didn't get the support, support or the final yeah. push they needed I feel like being confident in yourself and being able to establish yourself in this industry and understanding you can do it is probably the most difficult thing it's a generational thing right so our parents our parents parents and their parents obviously were conditioned in a way to live life and earn money in a certain way. And that primarily being a way of going out there, getting a good job, high education, engineers, accountants, doctors, lawyers. These were solid professions and professions that had mm -hmm. a huge reputation, especially if you come from the South Asian community, because it was all about pride and it was all about my daughter or my son has become this and they've turned into this <laughs> it's but it's so true yeah. like you, you you laugh but it's it's the reality of the situation right yeah and then i think yeah. what what's what slowly started happening is um like other generations have started coming through and for you to beat the the post generation for you to break it like you have to literally go out and do stuff that is going to go against what people expect you to go and do. Mm -hmm. So the expectation for me was to go to university and was to get an education, which I'd done, but I wanted to do it on my, on my, on my terms, right? So I went and studied broadcast journalism, which some people might have looked at as like a Mickey Mouse degree because it's just like media studies. But now, in regards to like my career and every day on a day-to-day -day basis, I use the skills that I was able to learn within my university education. Nine times out of ten, people go to university, study a degree, come out into the real world never and never it. use any of the skills that they got in their education. So what's been more beneficial? And, and I'm able to kind of have this career path. And, and now I'm the person who's able to offer the advice to youngsters who are younger than me who want to go and study media studies at university, who want to go into journalism or go into the creative media sector, start mm -hmm. a podcast. They have someone now in the family that they can look up to and be like, oh, okay, Mim went and done that. I'm going to go and go down a similar route. And that's all this is. Like This whole discussion is about visibility. Mm -hmm. It's about us being able to see people that can spark an idea in our minds and go, oh, what? He's doing, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try something similar as well. And then your journey and your path just takes you somewhere else. Yeah, I feel like I feel similar to both Mim and Moeed because... So my parents actually said to me, if I want to pursue presenting, I have to get a degree first. So I wasn't allowed to do what I really want to do until I got my mum a degree. I always say get my mum a degree, not really get myself a degree. Mm. But I studied politics, also joined the media society. So at the same time, I was still presenting as well as doing my degree. For me personally, I feel like I still don't have anyone to look up to because I'm Nepalese. And I'm t I could tell you that right now, there is zero Nepalese people in the British media right now. And I've checked I've done my research, I've looked, there's zero. So as much as you can look and be like, oh, that maybe Indian person done it or that Pakistani person done it. I know they're South Asian as well and I'm so happy for them. But at the same time, 
I still feel like part of my identity is not them. We have like BBC Asia Network, which is amazing. Like they're doing so much. Nepalese people are also South Asians, but they're not on there at all. And I just feel mm. like if you want to represent South Asian people, represent them, all of them. No, 100%. You're completely right. And I feel like, yeah, you're correct. There aren't, if there aren't any Nepalese people, then and you want to be in that position, then that's yours to take, that's yours to grab. And I feel like as you go down that path, people will see you and they will join you in your movement as well. Sometimes it just takes a bit of like drive in yourself to start this thing. And it's like anything, you know, when someone starts clapping in an audience yeah. and everyone starts clapping. Mm. It's just like that, bro. If someone starts queuing up, everyone's going to join mm. that person behind the queue. It's so you're all in the same position as well. And I think you're in, a, in, in an amazing position because you're doing all these great things. People are seeing you, you know, and... um they can follow you. Do you know what I'm saying? But just start a little collective, man. That's mm. all you. The door is there for mm -hmm. you to walk through. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's all in your hands. Again, you're doing cool things like this. You're doing a lot. You're very active. Thank you. Just get out there and do it, man. Nothing. You are your own worst enemy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only person that's going to stop you is you. Don't stop yourself from getting what you deserve, what you want. Yeah. Again, like I said, Nepalese people, oh. if there's no one on South on BBC Asia Network, hit them up. Literally hit them up. Say, yo, wagwan. By the way, I have, yeah, they just ignore everything I say. <laughs> and I also, I also comment on their posts on Instagram, me and my mom. Oh, sweet. Well, don't worry. Like, but it's fine. So it's You're going to get yeah. into a position where they'll be contacting you, but don't worry, man. Just keep doing your thing. Thank you, Mary. Thanks. I'm sure it was the same for like everyone who was in this industry. Yeah, we, yeah, at some point, course, someone yeah. had to take that leap of faith, that step, mm -hmm. you know, go against boundaries, against what they thought was normal. And, um, Smash through it and now I'm gonna do it for the Somalis. Bro, do it for everyone, bro. Come on, man. Do <laughs> you know what it. Are you, you gonna see a Somali shelling out piano on, 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 on Royal <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so, 100%. 100%, man. What about behind the camera then? Because obviously, Mim, you do a lot of broadcasting and stuff. The people behind the camera, are they quite representative? So far, my experience so far, I'd say no. It's not as representative as it probably could be. And I think this is one of the main primary reasons why we probably don't have enough stuff getting away and maybe getting made for our liking is because the directors that I've worked with so far, majority of them have been English, which there is nothing wrong with, right? But I think sometimes when you are talking about stories and you are, um, you are trying to highlight certain issues that belong to certain communities, People who understand the intrinsic like nuances behind the story that you're trying to tell can sometimes guide that story in a better way if that has, you know, the element of that in there. It'll show more light on it, yeah. Exactly. So, so far, not as many. I'm hoping, hopefully, that more behind the scenes things will change and we'll be able to get to a place where, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter and people are just like being able to make whatever they want. And I think that's going to happen when there's an increase in like independent production companies by senior talent and uh, senior decision makers who are able to then have their own production companies that then allow stuff to get made and green light their own productions for big channels and big broadcasters. So fingers crossed we get there, man. In 2014, more than 40 of the top 100 films did not have an Asian actor with a speaking role. And among all of the 700 films in the study, there was only one female Asian director who was listed as a co-director. She wasn't even the director. What? So wait, 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 wait. Do you want me to repeat that you one? You need to re re repeat <laughs> them stats. Hang on, bro. Out of what? 40%? 40 out of 100 films, they did not have an Asian actor with a speaking role. 
So, and among the 700 films in the whole study, there was only one female Asian director. She was a co-director as well, not the real director. My God. So, but that's a, a six years ago. However, the, like, the stats could have changed in that time period, but still, again, that's like post noughties Do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. just, it's like the prime time for TV. 2014 was not a long time ago for us. I'm so glad you said, like, even though that statistic is bad, yeah, it gives me, like, fire, like, in regards to go, all right, cool, so this film that I'm going to make, all right, cool, we've got to go with it. This series that I want to make, all right, cool, we have to go with it because yeah, where else is it going to come from? There are, where else there is are, it there are other people, do you, get, do you get what I mean, who are, who are highly respect, like, highly respect, but... That doesn't mean that that's just, there's loads of us. There's loads of people. And the younger generation needs to start coming up as well and start going, yeah, we're here as well, you know. We're going to make some programming as well and we're going to be seen. No, but I definitely feel like the people behind the camera is just as important as the people in front of the camera, especially if they're making the content like and writing it. Because a white person writing a storyline about an Asian person is just, is going to unconsciously be based on stereotypes. It's just not going to fit. In order to have better representation of South Asians in the media, I think we need to be able to have more opportunities that don't pigeonhole us and don't box us off. It's about showing people that we can offer so much more than just about who our backgrounds are, even though that is so important and to bring to the table and stuff. I think sometimes we are only just seen as an Asian person who can bring sort of Asian access and Asian stories. And I think it's about us trying to be vocal in opportunities that branch off from that and branch into other areas of work that isn't based on the colour of your skin or your religion, etc. How do we improve representation now? What can we do? I think it's just about, as a creative person, just your own ideas, your own deadlines, your own passion projects that you kind of want to make and you want to kind of create. Like right now, I'm in the midst of writing like a TV show, um, writing a film script, um, working on like a podcast idea, like a spoken word EP project. Like I'm trying to do everything that I can that is going to allow to propel myself to be seen. So in hoping that it will inspire maybe other people to go and do the same. And I think the more collectively we're able to collaborate on those projects, it's not like you just making that project by yourself. You're collaborating with directors, casting directors, producers, loads of people to kind of make that happen. So the more you're able to collaborate with other people, the more you'll be able to get it out there. We have to have an open conversation. We have to share our experiences. We have to show the next gen of South Asians or minorities um, who want to get into the industry how we did it and how they could potentially do it quicker or how they can do it more efficiently and kind of like just tell them what we did so they can take that and, and kind of adapt it to themselves. You know, like I'm doing this thing with a guy called Daniel who I actually met through MIM. And together we started this movement called South Asian Creatives. And in essence, we wanted to kind of like thrust creative South Asians in the right direction to kind of pursue their goals as a person in the media or the digital industry because I feel like sometimes you know the journey can be very arduous and long and if you don't have the right kind of support mechanisms then you may give up and do something you don't really or you're not really passionate about so you know South Asian Creatives is a place where people can connect get together inspire and learn from each other and uh yeah man it's going really well so far you know we've had people contacting me from 
all around the UK, you know, originally the first one was meant to be in London. People want me to do it in Manchester, in flipping Birmingham, all over the place. So, you know, I've had this idea for about two years now and it shows that after meeting Danielle, when you have someone that is on the same wavelength as you, things can come together very, very quickly. For the next generation of youth, like say I was a 10-year-old South Asian listening to this podcast and they want to go on to do something major in the scene and they don't have the facilities to do so, what's the first step you'd give them in trying to chase their dreams? I would say, like, I don't think no facilities, I don't think that exists anymore. Like, in the day and age that we live in now and the access that we have to everything, even in lockdown, you know, is camera phones, phone, YouTube, Instagram, script writing, no matter what it is that you kind of want to do, it's literally everything's all DIY now. Everyone's doing it yourself. And if you speak to anyone that is able to kind of backtrack their story and their where they've come from and what they're doing now, they've always there's always an element of that DIY ethos of them being able to just like grind 24-7, whether that's working in a call center to then trying to get a regular job to then making YouTube videos to then doing radio shows to then doing work experience to then watching YouTube tutorials. You know, it's like everything's self-taught. And I think now is like more than ever where we can just learn things even in lockdown you know me like doing some of the things that i've already done i'm like okay what new things can i learn i wanted to ask mim and moeed if you had any questions for me and nuruddin what do you think would be the moment for both of you where you feel like yeah i've done something that is representative for my community like what if you could make it up and use your imagination right now what would be that one moment that you would love to see in the future that you basically manifest right now? All right, I'm thinking, because I'm a creative, yeah, and I'm a producer, pianist. I'm not even thinking along those lines. I'm thinking along my educational lines. I studied politics at uni, so I've got one more year left. And I feel like the part where I come to my community and become the MP of my own borough, Brent North, that's when I feel like I'll be fulfilled in terms of my community is just... Like, I have my community under my belt and I can actually, I have a, a voice to actually enforce what, not what I want, but I can have people come towards me and ask me questions, their problems, their issues, and be like a point of reference for people. I think mine is becoming a presenter, not because I'm Nepalese, but because I'm good at it. And then getting there and then being in a position to give back. So I really like what you're doing, Moeed, with the South Asian Creatives event. I would love to do something like that, but specifically for Nepalese people. And not only just to be in front of the camera, but behind the camera. Like, I want to be presenting and seeing like a Nepalese uncle behind the camera and just be like, (laughs) just being in a position where I can give back. That's literally all I want to do. I just want to thank you guys so much that like, you guys are actually opening my eyes, man. That's wicked, bro. That's wicked. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. So, Sabrina, how that make you feel about the industry as a whole? While listening to Mim and Moeed, obviously we're all South Asians, but like I said on the podcast, I feel like a minority South Asian. It's definitely motivated me more to do what they're doing. I'm trying to be the first for my Somali people, like me, the first pianist, the first big, big producer. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I don't really see much of that in the industry. So, yeah, no, it definitely did motivate me way more to, to go hard and just smash it, basically. 
Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. I've been Nuruddin. And I've been Sabrina. Thanks a lot to Mim and Moeed for coming on. You can find Mim on Twitter at MimShake underscore and Moeed on Instagram at Moeed Majid. This episode was produced by the Vent production team. Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Moeed Majid and Ali Adlington. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.